0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 235 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvatt. In today's episode, we welcome back Michigan football beat writer Aaron McMahon to talk about Nebraska's October 9th matchup with the Michigan Wolverines. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for the latest deals, cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Reach out to Monty at 402-770-3356. And just real quick, I know the timing of this episode's release is not ideal. We are well aware of the new AD announcement in Trev Alberts. Justin and I will be addressing that on a future episode. So in the meantime, enjoy this preview of the Michigan game.
0: We are excited to welcome Aaron McMahon back to the show. Aaron is a MLI beat reporter for the University of Michigan. Aaron, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, it's good to, good to be back, talk football with you.
0: Yeah, so uh, a stat that I've heard a few times that surprises me is that I think Nebraska actually has a winning record against Michigan since we've joined the Big Ten. Does that sound right?
2: <laughs> I think so. I mean, it's it's been a while. I know that since the two teams have played.
0: They've, they've been really interesting games. I think there was one nasty blowout uh, that Michigan did to us. But, I mean, it, the programs are kind of – have something of similar struggles with the, you know, favorite son come back struggling to – I don't know. Well, this is a big question. But, like, what what is the state of Michigan football right now?
2: It's it's in flux. Um, and it's a loaded question because I think it very – it. Definitely varies depending on who you who you talk to or who you ask that question to. Because I think there's there's a part of the Michigan fan base who really want Jim Harbaugh to succeed. They want him to win. They want him to get the Wolverines over the top and into the playoff and whatever the whatever you want to say. And I think there's a growing uh, part of the fan base now who I think are I don't say realizing, but I think they're coming to. Um, you know, they're starting to think that he isn't the guy. I mean, it's been five years now. Um, he's, you know, he struggled to kind of get them into the, the Big Ten title picture. Um, he just got extended. So he's going to be around for at least, you know, you'd think at least a few more years. But in, in, at the same token, you know, you got, a, you got a drastic change with the coaching staff. I mean, he, he made drastic changes with his defensive scheme this this past offseason, brought a new coordinator. So there's a lot going on. Michigan hasn't recruited um, I guess up to the standards maybe some have expected the last couple of years, they, they've, they've, there's definitely been a dip in talent coming in. So it's, it, it's, it's. I don't want to say a mess because I don't think that's accurate, but it's definitely not where folks want it to be. Um, and and let me, I'm going to parts that by saying, you know, Michigan's they're still winning games and that's the thing folks I think are realizing or Jim Harbaugh. He's, he's still averaging eight to nine wins a year. They're still in the discussion. It seems like almost every year of the big 10 East division, they just, you got Ohio state there and they, they just can't get over them. They can't beat them. They can't, they can't get them, you know, get in the big 10 title game. And I think until that happens, I think we're going to be having this conversation every year until something changes.
0: How are you, how are you feeling about the coaching changes? I mean, do you think that's enough? Are you hoping that's enough? Or?
2: Yeah. It's so it's, it's, it's complicated because I, I think a lot of folks in Ann Arbor and that that watches Michigan football program um, really wanted it. Wanted Don Brown, the former defensive coordinator, to succeed. They liked him a lot. He was an interesting personality, um, you know, very off the cuff. He wasn't afraid to give his opinion on things. And I think the type of scheme that they ran under him it was very pressure based. They like to stack the quarterback, a lot of man defense. I think I think you want folks want to win with that, but it was it was becoming quite frank, you know, quite obvious the last year or so they weren't going to win the big games doing that. I think I think some folks, you know, they came to the realization that, that Jim needed to make a change. Uh, he did so. Um, you know, I don't think it was a particularly huge surprise that he did, um, but it, it, it was no secret that Jim Harbaugh really liked Don Brown. I mean, he called him one of the best defensive coordinators he'd ever worked with. He, in fact, I think he called him one of the best assistant coaches he had ever worked with. So I think it was, it was a tough, um, you know, um, breakup. Uh, but I, I do think it was one that was needed. I, I think you needed someone to come in here with um, maybe a little bit more of a um, diverse pedigree, um, someone who can flash more zone, can recruit the di- different type of players. Uh, so it's it, 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 so yes and no. I, I think it's going to be an interesting move. I think it's one that was probably needed. The problem with making a move like that is it's probably going to take a couple years to finally you know get that that type of defense you want in. It just doesn't happen overnight as Michigan saw a couple of years ago when they changed the offensive coordinator scheme, you know, it took them half a season just to get going. So we'll uh, you know, it, it, time is the essence right now. And it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to follow this next year or so.
0: How long has Harbaugh been there?
2: So this will be his sixth year. Um, so he's, he's been here a while. Uh, You know, he hasn't won, as I mentioned, he hasn't won a big Ten championship. Uh, they haven't gotten the playoff. They've been close uh, a couple times. Uh, they've got nine, 10 wins a year, but they just, they haven't, they haven't, you know, haven't beaten Ohio state. And because of that, I think that's kind of been what's kind of stood in front of them for, for getting in the big 10 title game.
0: Yeah. So I, I feel like there, it sounds like there's some really strong parallels just in terms of like, people want Scott to succeed. People it sounds like people want Harbaugh to succeed. Right. It's just, so then you ask what, what's, I should probably know this. What's the there's some instability at athletic director here in Nebraska. What's that look like at Michigan?
2: Uh, well, Ward Manuel, the AD, who's been there a while now, he just got extended, so I don't see him going anywhere. Um, there was now there was some pressure on him this past off before they kind of extended Harbaugh's contract. Um, I, I think there's some frustration over you know it just took a while. Uh, you know it, it almost dragged out probably longer than it should have, and so I know some of the alums and some of the fans were, were upset over that. Um, but by and large, if you look at Ward Manuel's track record of, you know, of from a department perspective, Michigan's athletics departments they've done pretty well. I mean, they've won national championships in some of these other sports. They've been competitive in almost everything they do. He's made some pretty good coaching hires. If you look at Juwan Howard with basketball. Um, so by and large, it's been fine. Uh, you know, I, I think the hardball thing is still the one it's the one thing that's kind of lingering, you know, we'll see what happens And at the same, if it's, you know, towards to defense, he wasn't the one that hired Jim Harbaugh. So, you know, he kind of inherited him. And, and, and if you, you know, if you put things in context here, they were, they're former co or former players with one of them. They play football team really well. Um, Ward has made no, um, no bones about saying he wants Jim Harbaugh to stay here for, for a long time. Uh, so he's, he's been a large, you know, he's been a big, um, you know um you know he wants him to succeed he's almost been jim's biggest cheerleader and i don't think that's going to change at least you know, anytime soon um but no i mean as, as long as the football team continues to you know win games and the rest of the athletic department's doing pretty well you know i think ward will be will be here for a little bit i don't think you would see the the change that you just saw in nebraska
0: i'm looking back at the history of our games together and seeing back in 2018 i forgot the, the 56 to 10 just complete smackdown i think that was one of taylor martinez excuse me man i just did it adrian martinez's first games and uh yeah i don't i don't think anybody in nebraska thought we'd be sitting here a few years later talking about how both of our fan bases just really want the guy to succeed it's is it going to happen i don't know so that's that's kind of wild i mean it felt like the trajectory was really good at that point for michigan
2: yeah. And the, it was, again, it was one of those, another one of those seasons where they, they won nine, 10 games. They were right there kind of until the end of the season. And, you know, it, it again, the loss to Ohio state kind of killed them. Um, that was, so that was 2018. So that would have been the, uh, that would have been the, had quarterback, I don't say struggles, but they had quarterback changes all the time that year um, they had, but they had by and large, a pretty talented roster, um, but like, like I said, they, they, they couldn't beat Ohio state. And I think that's, that's been their detriment really since Harbaugh got here. And, and you can even go back further, you know, to the, the Brady Hoke era before that, um, you know, they, they can't beat Ohio state, you know, this, this gets, you know, it's, it's been a long time coming. They haven't, they haven't beat them in a long time. And until then, I, I don't see really anyone getting, you know, winning the big 10 East. It's, it's really Ohio state and everyone else at this point until Michigan or some other school can, can get on their level with the recruiting uh, and, then, and then obviously beating them on the field, uh, nothing's going to change.
0: If, if Michigan had the same record, but had beat every year, but one of the or two of those seasons had beat Ohio State, would this conversation be totally different?
2: I think so, and it's a good question. It's been asked before. I, I do think some of the heat would be off Harbaugh. I don't think as many folks would be, you know, upset or maybe want to want, you know, maybe want, or want to see Michigan make a change. I think that goes a long way, a long, you know, a long way, especially when you don't, um, you know, you don't have a championship season when there's really nothing else to play for. If you can beat Ohio State, uh, and whether whether it's wreck their their postseason chances or just, you know, like I said, ending this this losing skid. Uh, I, I think it would it would it would go a long way. Uh, so yeah, I think it, it would. I think it would it would help massage some of the, some of the struggles for the fans. Absolutely, because I think it's, it's been year after year now uh, that they haven't been able to beat them, and then the fan base is upset. You know, and it's almost like it's got progressively worse year after year because some of the way some of these losses have happened. It's been blowouts. The last two or three games have been blowouts. They've struggled, uh, and it was really and the games really weren't weren't close.
0: Yeah, there's there's been some ugly games, that's for sure. Um, so what uh, what are the strengths of this team coming into the 2021 season?
2: That's a good question. Uh, you know, as we kind of talked at the top, the defense is in infl- you know, in, they're they're changing. They got a lot of guys that have left via the transfer portal because of the change in the coaching staff. Like I said, you get a change of philosophy from a DNA perspective. Um, but, I mean, I, I guess we'll start on the defensive side of the ball because we're t- I'm talking about it. But their secondary, I think, has a chance to be pretty decent this year. Uh, they got a couple of returning safeties uh, in Daxton Hill, a former five-star recruit. He'll be a junior this year. Definitely got NFL potential. Could probably be a first or second-round pick in, in a year or so. Uh, and they got a fifth-year senior uh, opposite of him at safety, Brad Hawkins. A guy who's been around a while. His former sec- all-second team. Uh, experience. He's been in the program for years now. What they have in him too. So between safety and they've got a couple of returning cornerbacks that uh, they really struggled last year. They kind of got thrown into the fire. Uh, didn't play very well early in the season. They got yeah they, they got burned by Michigan State. They got burned by Indiana. Um, but as as the year went on, they, I think they got, they got a little bit better, better a little bit stronger. Um, they're both due to return. Uh, so I, I think they could be okay. Uh, the offensive side of the ball, I think there's, there's, there's a, a few more uh, strengths. Uh, the offensive line, I think, has a chance to be one of the better ones in the Big Ten. They got all, four of their five starters returning. Um, including both tackles. Uh, J- Jalen Mayfield left for the NFL. He was drafted this past year. Um, we got a kid by the name of Ryan Hayes at left tackle. Michigan really likes. He started a handful of games last year. Um, they they liked him even going back a couple of years now. So he's he's kind of locked in at left tackle. Um, you got an experienced guy on the right side, and you got kind of got a you got a group of. I don't want to call it misfits, but some guys that have been in the program a while now, they've kind of worked their way up. They saw some action last year, but again, Michigan only played full, played a handful of games, so they didn't get a ton of experience. Um, but they've been, like I said, they've been around a while. I think they know how to play. Uh, they, they, they kind of know how Michigan wants to play offensively. So I think they have, there's opportunity pretty good. Um, they got a couple of running backs back that were, including their leading rusher, San Haskins last year. Um, He's he shown some flashes this past, this past year being very good. Uh, and then you get a, recruit, uh, a wide receivers group who, I think, I feel like we talk about this every year with this Michigan football team. The, 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 the group has the potential to be very good. Um, they, they recruit these high-level three and four-star guys, uh, guy, and, and, and they got an offensive quarter, coordinator and Josh Gaddis, who is a receivers coach. So he's with, with, and with a proven track record. So they've got a group of guys there. I, I think um, that that could be very good, talented. They got some speedy guys. Um, but the question and I'm assuming you're gonna ask about it, ask about it at some point is the the quarterback situation. it's a big mystery at this point there's there's a couple guys there, but I was gonna um, ask
0: about that eventually.
2: <laughs> I figured yeah, so there's there's just a lot there's some good guys around there and so I think that's what makes Michigan's offense you know they have the potential to be Okay. Or pretty good. And I, I think that will be certainly the offensive side of the ball will certainly be the strength of this Michigan football team. Whereas, you know, near's years past Michigan would lean on its defense to, to win them games. And, and there were several instances where they did um, this year. I think it's going to be more so they're going to have to lean on the offense.
0: Yeah, we got some questions from our friends at the eyes on big Podcast, And one of them was, can they find a manageable quarterback? The other was at the coordinators. Do you feel like the coordinators have improved their coaching? You feel like the
2: coaching is clearly so, better. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, as I mentioned, there's a new defensive coordinator, so he's the jury's still out of him. But offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis, um, you know, he he was set to enter his final year of his original three-year deal. He just got an extension, I think, mainly for recruiting purposes. But it's important to know with Gaddis when he came into Michigan a couple of years back. He was a first-time coordinator. Yes, he was a co-coordinator in Alabama, but he wasn't really calling plays. He was more of kind of a talent development perspective guy. He was still a receivers coach down there. He was working more primarily with the receiver's up here at Michigan, he's still working the receivers, but he's really had, has his hands and everything. It's, it's really is his system. He's the one that's calling the plays. Um, and Jim Harbaugh made no no bones about that when he hired Josh, because before, you know, Jim had had coordinators before, but it was largely Jim calling the offense. It was his type of scheme. It was kind of what he wanted. Whereas the last couple years have really been all Josh. Now, to Josh's defense, you know, when he first came in in, in 2019, Michigan had a talented they had a talented team. They, they probably should have won more games than they did. And went nine and four, um, like I said earlier, it took him like six games really in the season to kind of get going and find their, their rhythm offensively. And by that point, they'd already lost two games. So after that year and then last year, 2020 with COVID and all the opt outs and things, he really has, I don't think he's had enough time to get going. Um, but this year, I think it's going to be important. Um, you got There are some fans out there that, that don't like what they've seen from the offense. And, and right. And that's the, you know, that's the right, you know, I don't think that Michigan's offense has been anything spectacular, Um, but you know, Gattis has kind of brought in more of a, you know, a spread style scheme, more, more, you know, running the quarterback out of the shotgun, which is something Michigan really didn't do in the early days of Jim Harbaugh. Um, they're trying to throw the ball a little bit more and get guys kind of out, out in space and, and and use their speed and athleticism to create stuff. Um, so the jury's really still out on Josh. Uh, they, they, he certainly doesn't have the the defense of recruiting. He's had a couple of rec- full recruiting cycles now. He's largely got his type of receivers and running backs in here now. So I, I think this 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 year is really going to, I think, determine the trajectory of this Michigan, this Michigan offense, whether it's going to take off under Josh Gaz, or perhaps maybe, you know, this time next year, Michigan's looking, or perhaps already have, you know, have looked for a, for a new coordinator.
0: You, you mentioned COVID and, and we haven't really talked about that. Um, just a really weird year for everybody, of course, but uh, Michigan two and four with a game like that 49 to 24 season opener against Minnesota. I thought, you know, I thought Michigan was going to be really good.
2: Yeah. It's um, a, it's weird with that game because I remember going into that game thinking i, I really thought you know the year before we saw what Minnesota could do offensively and I really thought Michigan was going to lose that game. It was a—it was a road game. It was a night game. Michigan tends to not play particularly well against good teams on the road. And yeah, they, they, they surprised me. I, we came out of that game thinking, okay, maybe Michigan's got a shot to be very good this year. And it turns out it was just the opposite. Minnesota just wasn't as good as many of us thought they would be. And then and then it was, you know, it was a you know, Michigan wasn't as good as, as some of us thought they were gonna be come out of that game. So it was a very almost like a mirage. It was it was a very weird start to the year.
0: Yeah, well weird start to a weird year. I, and I, you know, every state has been a little bit different throughout uh, COVID. And you know, there's a lot of political stuff. In Michigan, what what is the mentality of this team? I mean, I, are they fragile because of this bizarre year? Or is, you know, has it brought them more together? I mean, what what is the effect of such a bizarre? The last three games canceled.
2: I wouldn't argue with that the 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 idea that they were definitely fragile at the end of last year. I, I think the way it ended after the losses that you know the loss to Michigan State, um, you know, the way the season of the games were canceled, Michigan took a beating for canceling its game against Ohio State. There were some folks who thought they just canceled the game because they thought they were they were gonna lose by by a large margin. I don't tend to subscribe to that idea. Michigan did they, they did have COVID issues. They were limited with the number of scholarship players available to them. They probably could have played the game, but you know, you get a couple injuries or issues in the game, and, and they were down. They were bare bones. They were at the very bare minimum of what they could have played. So it was a weird ending. It was one that I don't think many of us thought would happen just because Michigan, by and large, last summer and last offseason did a pretty good job with the roster management in terms of COVID. They didn't have a ton of cases, but as the season kind of, kind of, continued you know michigan had a a litany of opt-outs this last summer then as games went on they get guys injured and they had to do a lot of shuffling and it just kind of fell off the bottom from there but yeah it was a very weird weird ending i I don't think i think folks were upset that the ohio state game wasn't played i know there were folks upset michigan just didn't finish its season um but it you know it's weird because you don't want to fault anyone you want to blame anyone um because you want, you want the games to be played. You want to see these guys. And I'm sure the players wanted to play too. I mean, they went through the the, the long off season and all the issues and the daily testing and the things in um, a lot of their games, no one was there. I mean, as you guys all saw, I mean, it was all largely family and, and parents and friends. So it was, it was a weird thing. It was a weird ending. Um, but I know they're, I know they're excited to get going and play in front of fans. Again, I can tell you that.
0: So I'm, I'm looking here at the 2021 schedule uh, start off with a four-game homestand, pretty interesting. Western Michigan, Washington, Northern Illinois, Rutgers. Then you go to Wisconsin, to Nebraska. I love to have Michigan come to Nebraska after having gone to Wisconsin. That's great for us. Uh, host Northwestern, go to Michigan State. Host Indiana, go to Penn State, go to Maryland. Host Ohio State. What I mean, I Nebraska is looking at a, a, a tough schedule, and I'm trying to come to grips with what you know. What does success mean? What What do you think success means? Or Michigan
2: this coming year? Yeah, I, I think success for a Michigan this Michigan team, just how young and you know how, how, how many changes are on defense. And I, I and I've said this to folks before. I think best case scenario for Michigan this year is eight win, eight wins. You now I know that's probably not what fans want to hear. Um, but I think this is reality, you know, they do have an opportunity early on. I think they built some momentum, as you mentioned, they, they opening against Western Michigan, they've got Northern Illinois, um, you know, in, in their, in their non-conference and then they host Washington. So, and then they opened the big 10 season at home against Rutgers. So there's an opportunity there to start the year four and And I think that would, uh, that would also be a best case scenario. Give them some momentum. But but like you said, they've got some pockets in here that are just really difficult. Like they like you mentioned, they they go to go to Wisconsin, which has been a really difficult place for them to win the last few years. They go to Nebraska the following week, which you know it's been a long time since Michigan's played there. So you don't really know how they're gonna A how how they're playing at that point, how they're looking, but B, how they, how they deal with that type of road trip. Um and then you've also you every year obviously you've got the 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 rivalry game against Michigan State. And no matter how up or down Michigan State is, and we saw that last year with the first-year head coach and a lot of players that just, you know, they weren't very good. You saw what happened. Michigan State walked in the NR and beat them, shocked them, really. Um, Indiana's been very good the last couple years. They go to Penn State, which Michigan has really had a difficult, you know, they've had a really difficult time winning at. And then you've got Ohio State at the end of the year. So, you know, I, I do think they've got to really start hot, to, to I think have a good year and a relatively good year and anything less than like three and one, I I think you're, you're going to see some fans, you know, it's, it's going to be panic time. You, you start to wonder, you know, that it's going to be six and six, seven and five, five and seven. And I, and the, the more losses that pile up, it's, it's going to be, it's gonna make for an interesting off season. And, and like I said, at the top, I, I don't think this Michigan, I generally don't think this Michigan team will compete for a big 10 championship this year. It just, there's too many holes and and too much inexperience and just too, too much newness on the defense uh, to to give them that opportunity. However, but I I do think there's a, there's a opportunity for them to kind of grow and grow together and, and develop some of these younger guys uh, that they've recruited here in the last couple of years. So it's, it's a, it's a wild schedule. They were supposed to go to Washington last year. The game got canceled, obviously, because of, you know, because because of coronavirus, but um, they, they do get them at home. And I think that's an opportunity. I think to surprise some folks, I don't know if they will, um, but it's going to make, I think it's going to be a definitely, definitely a first test to see where this Michigan football program stands.
0: I'm looking back here. I think, I think um, Michigan's only played at Nebraska once since joining, we joined the big 10 and it was that, Denard Robinson, I think, got hurt. Is that yeah?
2: It sounds right. Yeah, it's. I was just thinking the other day. I think Nebraska and Iowa are the only two Big Ten school schools I haven't been to. I've I've been on the beat now. This will be my fifth year. Uh, oh wow! So, so you're gonna been, come? Yeah. you coming out to Lincoln? Yeah, that's the plan.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for your time today. Where uh, where can our listeners read the stuff you're writing about Michigan?
2: Yeah. So we're, we're, I'm daily in the Ann Arbor news. Obviously most of you, most of your listeners listening to this probably aren't in Ann Arbor, but you can read my stuff online at mlive.com slash Wolverines. And then I'm on, I'm on Twitter, Aaron McMahon, two A's and Aaron, and my McMahon is M C M A N N.
0: Awesome. Well, it's, it's been a pleasure and uh, let us know if you need any food <laughs> suggestions when you're coming out to Lincoln.
2: I will reach out. Absolutely.
0: Please do. All right. Take care.
1: All right. Thanks so much.
0: Thank
1: you. Thanks again to Mr. McMahon for joining us on the podcast. You can connect with him or read his work by checking out the links in our show notes. Also, as always, we want to thank Central Nebraska Buffalo and Monty Rody with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Please support them because supporting them supports us. On behalf of Justin, this is Mike saying, Go big red.